This is Influencing Insider, the weekly webinar that interviews Australia and New Zealand's best journalists about how they like to work with communications professionals. To view our complete library of episodes and register for the live shows, head to influencing.com forward slash insider. Who doesn't love a list? <laughs> it appeals to the OCDness in people, I think. I can quickly drum a um, targeted media database for pretty much any client with any topic of interest, which is really invaluable to me. Hi, and welcome to Influencing Insider. I'm your host, Mike Woodcock. Joining us today is Ray Johnston. Ray's at NITV and SBS. She's also co-host at Queens of the Drone Age. She's here today to talk about her many audiences, the many projects that she has on, on the go at the moment, and also how she sources stories and how to keep in touch. Welcome, Ray. Thanks so much for having me, Mike, and thanks to everyone for joining us. Great to chat with you all. I really appreciate the time because, as, as you mentioned off-air, um, you do have an awful lot on. I was hoping maybe we could get started by you expanding a little bit on what you're doing. Absolutely. So you mentioned NITV and I do do weekly science and technology segments for NITV. They're focusing mostly on Australian innovation. So any breakthroughs in any kinds of technology or science fields is really what we like to talk about in those segments. But there's also the NITV News component there, which is both online and uh, digital and also television. And that's often shared with SBS as well, if it's a story that is beneficial for the wider Australian community. But for NITV in particular, they are often stories that are focusing on technology that impacts Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and that's a lot broader than people might assume because we're very early adopters of technology, especially in the realm of social media. We're all about connection and keeping in contact with and meeting new, oftentimes, family and friends. So social media is a big part of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander life, uh, as is some more... Yes, you could call them you know, stereotypical concerns. Uh, you know, communities that are living in remote and regional areas often have the full brunt of the impacts of the digital divide. So any news relating to bridging those gaps is really important for us to cover that at NITV and also any fun new products and services. You know, the, these audiences want to hear about the latest Gizmo Gadget app just as much as any other audience. So that's the kind of thing I focus on over there. Then, as you mentioned, we've got Queens of the Drone Age. Queens of the Drone Age, it's, it's a tech podcast, myself and three other female tech journalists. And we're really product focused. We do a lot of reviews. We do also do deep dives into broader technology issues as well and that can be anything 
you know, that that can be anything from your know, AI to this week our deep dive was about chairs. So we're looking at different types of chairs, the history of the electric chair, whether or not massage chairs are scientifically sound. We, we really do have a fun, lighthearted, accessible look at technology that is very much for a broader audience, but we do serve a very engaged, tech-savvy crowd as well. I'm also, <laughs> do you want me to keep going? No, on? no, no, oh. yep, keep going. <laughs> They're here to, our audience is here for you. They're definitely not here for me. So our, our audience uh, also uh, might be familiar today with Download the Show, very long-running technology podcast and radio show on Radio National, hosted by Mark Fennell. When it's not hosted by Mark Fennell, because he's off making award-winning documentaries, it's hosted by me. So I jump in there and I'm you know, really keeping abreast of all of the technology news. So anything new that is happening, I really need to know the crux of that. Uh, then in the television space, I actually make a couple of travel shows, which sound like they might not be technology focused, but actually they are. So I work with Backroads on the ABC. We travel to a lot of remote and regional rural areas. I was following those. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, any kind of you know, technology advancements or impacts that are happening for regional and rural Australia is really interesting to the Backroads team. Uh, and I also work on Going Places with Ernie Dingo for NITV and SBS. And that is more of a, a people-focused show. We're talking to the people in the places that we're going to. So a lot of the people that I'm talking to are, you know, marine biologists or, you know, conservation scientists or, you know, people using technology in interesting ways within their communities. So we get to really dig into what they do for a living, for a job and how they utilise technology, which is really fun. Then I'm also working with the Powerhouse Museum on a... Yeah series of talks they're live talks that are also recorded into a podcast it's called 100 climate conversations and we're speaking with innovators technologists scientists investors that are focused on combating climate change in some way so that's everyone from you know i sat down for an hour and spoke with mike cannon brooks just after he'd purchase the largest shares in AGL so that he could you know, steer where they invested their money and technology resources into. Or, you know, Dr. Veena Sahajwala, who is creating green steel without the use of fossil fuels. So that one's really about people that are changing the world and combating climate change. Other than those. <laughs> I've got plenty of time for this sort of thing. <laughs> I host a lot of panels and events. You know, I'm yep. discussing everything from diversity in STEM to AI to the metaverse. I'm also an external accessor for game development funding for both Vic Screen and Screen Australia. So I'm very much across everything happening in the local game development scene. Uh, and I'm also on the board of Swinburne University of Technology. So I'm always on the lookout for you know, any kind of partnerships or interesting innovations that might be useful to the university in some way that we can explore. I'll so, definitely talk to you about that after the show. Yeah. So when you add all of that together, basically, if you've got something in the realm of science and technology, I've got a place that I would love to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's our no show problem. for today. I really appreciate your time. How long have we
we got left, Mike? We're, we've got a little bit of time. Do you have a hard stop, actually, um, or, or can we just roll forward a little bit? <laughs> we can roll forward. That's fine. I've Thank got you. time for you. Um, so uh, I, I did have some questions here. I feel like you've answered many oh, of no, them. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that's good. This is great. Uh, I'm going to throw straight to Salvatore, but before I do, what is the best contact email for, for people to share stories with you? Absolutely. Best place to contact me because I am all over the place. I do have multiple different emails. Mm. If you reach out to info at rayjohnston.com, you will absolutely get me. But you will also find me at ray.johnston at sbs.com.au okay. uh, and also over at info at queensofthedroneage.com. Okay. So if you reach one of those, I'm checking all of those inboxes every single day. <laughs> Okay, we'll put those up for you to make sure you get more, even more emails into those email inboxes. Fantastic. <laughs> um, Salvatore's got a question, um, and hi, Salvatore. Is there a common theme or approach on how PR people have helped and can continue to best help you across so many different channels, platforms, and mediums? Yeah, I think the best, the best PRs that I love to work with, and, and Sal is included in this, <laughs> thank you, Sal, are, are people that understand that even though, you know, because previously, as you know, some of the audience today may know, I was editor of Gizmodo, which it was very clear what I did. You know, we, we did all of technology. We did all of products. And I think when I left Gizmodo and went over to Junkie and then to NITV, it became a little bit less clear to a lot of PR mm -hmm. what it is that I actually did and what I was interested in receiving. And the answer to that is still everything, still send me everything. And Sal's really good and other PR as well are really good at just keeping me abreast of all of the news that's happening within the industry because even if it doesn't translate to an immediate story, it's background knowledge for me to be able to utilise for talks that I'm giving, interviews that I'm giving, you know, people to kind of have in the recesses of my mind for interview subjects, for particular stories that I'm working on. So you know, gathering all of that information is still really important to me, even if it doesn't mean that a story is going to be out in 15 minutes and it's going to be just about that press release. So having that on background information is kind of crucial to me mm. at this point in my career because I do need to be abreast of so many things. Uh, so I think PR is just still keeping me in the loop and understanding that, they might pitch me for a certain outlet, mm. but that might not be the outlet that I believe that the story will be better placed for the audience. And I think sometimes those conversations can be a little bit tough because people want SBS news. And being a public broadcaster, it's very difficult to get a lot of product-focused news on those channels. You yeah. know, it might be something that is better for a highly engaged, you know, tech-focused audience like Queens of the Drone Age, yep. but then it might be something that informs a bigger story that I write about an issue about those products or services for SBS News. So I think it's just understanding that I'll need to make the final call as to where they belong is, is a way that is really helpful for me to be able to work with PR effectively. That makes sense. Thank you. Um, with with so much ground to cover and, and so many emails to check, um, what 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 makes a good pitch? What makes something stand out for you? What 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 makes a good pitch? What makes a bad pitch? Yeah, look, I think I think a good pitch. This see the answer to this question has changed over the years. I used to really need a lot of everything all at once. So when I was at Gizmodo and we're working so quickly, 
we needed to get a story out so fast. If you could attach images, if you could straight up have some quotes from people that I could utilize immediately, you know, that's all the really useful stuff for me then. Now it's understanding that I will be able to have access to the product that you're talking about, that I will be able to have access to someone to talk about that product, you know, that there'll be an opportunity for a product briefing or an interview to kind of go a little bit more in depth for that story and to be able to fully understand just where, what the intentions are of this product, who the audience is and you know, what problem it's really solving. We're getting to the crux more about the way technology is solving problems that we're facing in the world. So if I can understand that that's what's happening here, there's been a lot of really good pitches that I've received lately that are very much in my wheelhouse talking about a lot of use of you know, recycled materials in products or, you know, really good repair programs, you know, ways that they can be more both environmentally responsible but also very cost efficient for audiences we're we're in very difficult financial times for a lot of people so yeah understanding that it's not all just here is a big flashy ten thousand dollar pc or laptop and more this is how your technology can last you for a little bit longer so I think just receiving that kind of information is is very useful to me at this point appreciate that um isabel asks um would you prefer pitches to have a specific angle or, or would you have time or be open to workshopping angles with, with PRs? And she also notes that she is a huge fan. Oh, thanks. Hi. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of at the point now where I can see the angle immediately for the different audiences. Yeah. I'm, I'm obviously never adverse to hearing some ideas that you might have. It's always nice to, to understand what we're, PRs coming from, where the client's coming from and what they're thinking about how they want that product to be seen. Uh, but at the same time, I can see a product and go, cool, great, that's for that audience. I yep. can do that and that and that and I can have like a big list of things that I know that I can achieve. I think something that is a bit unique about how I'm working at the moment as well is, yes, I've got work with public broadcasters, I've got work that's more corporate, and then I've also got work with Queen's, which is our own company, which means that there's also the opportunity for me to go, this would actually be really great as a sponsored episode for the show and we could integrate the product in this way in a really you know ethical, organic way that the audience will love and you know, there can be you know, advertising across the show and, like, there's just different ways that we can approach it. Mm. I think because I've got a background as well, when I back back in the Alua Media days, I, I started there as the commercial editor and I was working across Lifehacker, Business Insider, Gizmodo, Kotaku, PopSugar to you know, look at products, look at businesses and say how can we naturally and organically integrate this into the brand of the website, still serving the readers, mm. still getting the message of that product or that brand across. And I kind of get to stretch those muscles a bit now as well with Queens. Yeah. So uh, in, a, in a way, I, I like hearing it. In another way, it takes the fun away. Mm. <laughs> so that's yeah. part of the process for me that I really enjoy. Um, 
Tara D'Souza writes, um, hi, Ray, you mentioned cost of living before. How much of your current content is shaped around um, the cost of living crisis, which is a phrase I'm sick of hearing, but I can't <laughs> think of a better way of putting it. Um, I've got one for you, Mike. Over yeah. at Greens, we've started calling it the Cozy Lives. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So that's proud a, of that's all a, of you. That's a very uh, Gen Z way to approach this. I am very millennial. Uh, It honestly isn't a huge focus for me at the moment. It's, It's there when it makes sense. I think I'm always conscious of it and I've got it in the back of my mind. Queen's being the most product focused platform that I have at the moment we're always super conscious when we're reviewing, you know, a $2,500 watch that that is very much out of reach for the majority of people at the moment and you know, we're absolutely aware of that and we highlight that when we're speaking about it. Mm. And when we're you know, pulling together gift guides, for example, we always make sure that there are low-cost or free options that are included in those gift guides, not just you know, if you're not spending 600 bucks on your mum for Mother's Day, you're a terrible child, which mm. some tech-focused gift guides can make you feel like you know, dropping $350, $200, $100 on a present is out of reach for a lot of people, but a lot mm. of tech products that are recommended for gift guides fall well above those ranges. So I think you know, coming from a low socioeconomic background myself, it's something that I'm always hyper aware of. I'm doing okay now, but I spent, you know, the first three decades or so of my life you know, below the poverty line. So I, I don't think it's something that I will ever not be thinking about. Mm even when it's not part of the more global consciousness. So I'm always keen to hear any cost-saving ideas that any products or services might have. Cool. Thank you. That's useful. Um, That said, um, I've found that sometimes those high-tech devices, when you give them to your parents, that's not always the best thing (laughs) to do. I I gave my dad, who's definitely a boomer, I am. uh, an iPod back when iPods were a thing. Yep. And he's still got it. It's still in the box. It's never been unwrapped. <laughs> it is what it is. Giving your parents the gift of technology is giving yourself the job of tech support for every foreseeable mm. mm. future. Every time I visit home, I am fixing some cameras or updating a Navman. I'm like, Mom, just please. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah. So yeah, you have to think long and hard about what what you are really giving them. <laughs> They've gotten better in their in their defence. Um, Ray, are, are there any stories that you you're, you're terribly interested in the moment? Is there anything that you're really wanting to to explore that you that you haven't already got to yet? Oh gosh, I I I've kind of come full circle. I'm I'm really interested in the moment in the moment at the moment about more like human interest stories that involve technology. What kind Mm. of impact is technology having on people's lives? You know, how is it helping people? What innovations are existing in spaces for accessibility, for disability, for kind of erasing any disadvantage that is existing within society? I'm, I'm really fascinated with that because I think there's a lot of work that's being done in those spaces over the last few years that's really, really interesting. That's I 
recently reviewed on on Queens. I think the episode will be out next Monday, an app called Be My Eyes, which has been out for a, a little while now. But it's essentially you are volunteering your services for people who have uh, sight impairments uh, or, or are completely blind, and it's a video call service. And they will call you and be like, hi, can you read me the directions, like the cooking directions on this packet of pasta for me so that I don't overcook my pasta? Or can you tell me if this jumper is red because I don't want to wear, like, a terrible outfit? And I think that that's really lovely because it creates community as well. I think as we see tech, social media platforms in particular mm. become a lot more commercialised and unsafe and just not what they used to be, mm. we're still going to need that human connection. Yep. That's why a lot of us still play video games like well into our 40s. You know, we like and playing beyond. with our friends <laughs> and catching up, you know. So I, I think any kind of technology that helps cultivate human connection helps society as a whole, yep. I'm really interested in. It's a bit of a tall order, but it's out there. And I think there's a lot of the big major tech companies that are focused on this as well. And they've had these little departments going for ages and they're getting a bit more of a focus these days. So yeah. it, it makes anything, sense. anything sustainability, anything environmental, anything that falls into those fields, I'm really excited by. But I've, I've also got a very deep personal and professional fascination with quantum technology. So any any advancements happening in quantum computing, I'm, I'm always really keen to hear about. Okay. Um, last question, and thank you again for spending so much time with us because oh, I, I do know your time, Porsche. Um, What's the story that you've worked on or a series of stories that you've worked on, something that, that really stands out for you but something that you're proud of, a piece of um, content that you're really happy with? There's been quite a few stories. I think whenever I get the opportunity to actually go and visit people who are being personally impacted in a positive way by technology, it always I always get to carry it with me. So there was a there was a beautiful story that I did for NITV News about the use of artificial intelligence uh, along with drone technology to help Indigenous rangers up in the top end because there was there, there's a real problem up there with the turtle eggs. So there's I'll keep this short, I promise. I'll keep this no, short. No, no. So six, six of the world's seven sea turtles a nest on the shores of these beaches and they're all critically endangered and there's been a lot of feral pigs that have been getting to the turtle nests before the eggs could hatch hmm. we've all seen the documentaries of you know how few turtles actually make it to the ocean and then you know how difficult it is for them to survive once they get there they weren't even hatching eggs the the pigs were coming along and hmm. getting them all and yeah, for the rangers there to be able to track where the pigs were going and then get to the nests in time to save them was pretty much impossible. So they'd started taking aerial photos with a drone and then they would go back and examine the photos to be able to see the tracks, see where the nests are, and then try to get there in time to intercept the pigs. But they couldn't look at all the photos fast enough. So they worked with Microsoft to develop an AI that could analyse all the photos and it picked up all of the patterns in the tracks and it was able to predict the movements of the pigs so they were able to get to the nests before the pigs did 
save the turtle eggs. And now for you know, the first time in years, there's hatchlings coming out of those beaches and it's helping to restock the oceans for these critically endangered turtles. And this is something that's really important to the rangers there because this is their country. This is mm. the land that they are charged with ancestrally looking after. It's their responsibility. So to see how heartened they were about being able to use this tech in a way that they were able to fulfil those responsibilities and also just for the planet to be able to still continue to have these sea turtles and it all came down to drones and AI working with that knowledge that the Indigenous rangers already had. So I think that's one of my favourites. Yeah. That's... I'll always carry with me. That's kind of an intersection of all my all my loves. Thank you. <laughs> People and technology. And that's a great story with a fantastic outcome. Thank you. Yeah. I can see our producer getting emotionally involved in that outcome. Oh. We're going to be looking that up after. And the too. vision, the vision out of that is just stunning so and and this is what i mean you know this is the kind of story that you go yeah it'd be cool for a radio story to be cool for a written story but imagine actually getting cameras up there with the drones to capture the drones as they fly over the top end those beautiful beaches in that area that that is a visual story so that's when you're being pitched things like that you can say is this visual is this audio is this written what kind of audience is it for bang magic yep. perfect the, ray I, I think that's going to do us today thank you so much for spending some time no worries. really appreciate it and i look forward to catching you up and i will be reaching out um to you about the swimburn stuff Please i will do. see you in two weeks at oh. the it journalism awards at the it journalism awards queens of the drone age is up for six awards there so super keen fantastic effort i look no forward worries. to seeing you on the night till look then it. all right thank you very much thank you bye now bye Thanks for joining us today on Influencing Insider. That was Ray Johnson of I've Got Too Many Outlets to List. Next week, we'll be speaking with Life Hacker and Stephanie Nuzzo. I hope to see you then. Until then, bye for now.